Thanks for joining us on this week's Real Life Church podcast. We'd love to know if God is using this ministry to bless you in some way. And if you'd like to share your story or know more about getting involved at Real Life Church, you can visit us on our website at livereallife.com today. All right, we give our moms another big hand clap, everybody. We have a a very special treat for you today as we're going to hear from five of our Real Life Church moms. But before we do, will you do me a favor and just saying happy Mother's Day to all the moms that are going to be watching online today on Facebook or those that are watching online today. Will you give them a big hand clap, our online family, for checking out today's service. We're glad you're with us today. Thank you so much. You know, I don't know. How many of you read memes? Any of you read memes? What are memes? They're well, they're funny sayings, and some of them are interesting. But I found a couple memes uh, when it comes to moms, and um, there's a couple of them. They say things like this: "I don't need a big fancy vacation. I'd be happy with a trip to the bathroom by myself." <laughs> Any moms relate to that? Here's another one I thought was funny: just when you think you might be feeling good about your mama skills. A trip to the store with your kids can put you back in your place really quick. (laughs) Somebody said, I heard a guy say, yeah. (laughs) Amen. It's good, though. Um, Here's another one. I see all these moms who can do everything, and then I think I should have them do some stuff for me. (laughs) And then finally, here's here's a good one. Motherhood, because that one shower a week feels better than sanity ever did. And so we're so excited to celebrate moms today. And uh, I have my lovely wife, Jennifer, up here with us, everybody. She loves this. This is straight up out of her comfort zone. But uh, uh, we're excited that we get to do this together. And uh, so, Mama, you're going to ask. So we're going to ask these ladies a series of questions. And um, they're going to answer. Some of them have already been crying already. And... um, uh, they have seen the questions, so it's not improv, all right? So they've seen the questions, so they get an opportunity to prepare for this. And so um, uh, we'll start off with uh, question number one. Go ahead. Okay. Introduce yourself and tell us how many kids you have, their ages, and what is your favorite part about being a mom? Okay. Nadia Saunders. I have two boys. Jacob is 13 and Jace is 10. And my favorite part about being a mom is getting to spend time with them. Awesome. <laughs> awesome. I have waterproof, waterproof mascara on, so. Perfect. I should be good. Um, my name is Erin Devoli. I have two little girls, um, Penny and. <laughs> Penny is uh, seven and a half, it's almost okay. eight. And Savannah is five and a half, almost six. And my favorite part of being a mom is watching them learn new things when last week they just couldn't do it. Oh, that's awesome. My name is Charity Smith. Um, I have a stepson who is 13, Micaiah. I have a stepdaughter, Micaiah, who's nine. I have my own daughter, Lenora, who just turned two. And then my son, Calvin, who's six months. And I think truly my favorite part about being a mom is watching them learn and grow and then watching the interaction between my stepkids. I'm Lisa Green. My kids are 30, 32, and 33. So they're not so young anymore, and they have, one of them has their own children. Um, I think my favorite part now is that my children um, spend time together as adults together, 
And then because we were a military family, my kids have chosen not to live around us. They live all over the world. And so it's that rare occasion that we all get together and spend time as a family. My name's Caitlin, and uh, Sawyer is four months old. So um, my favorite part, I guess, um, is in the mornings whenever I go to get him up. And it doesn't matter like how the night has gone, how many times I've been in there. Um, around six, around 6.30, he wakes up and I go in there and he just has the biggest smile on his face and it's a great way to start your day. That's awesome. And, and all these ladies are at different stages in motherhood, just so you know, all different family dynamics. And, um, so, uh, thank you for that. Um, I'm going to ask you a question really quick. Oh. <laughs> this was not told to me beforehand. <laughs> It's question number one, honey. Well, I didn't get to prepare. I thought I was just asking. You can introduce yourself. My name is Jennifer Norman. Tell them, tell them your kids. I have three children. Um, Madison is 20, Braden is 19, and Braxton is 7. And what's your favorite part about being a mom? Now, when we were going through these questions the other day. Last night. Last night. <laughs> I joked and said my favorite part of being a mom is knowing when they're going to be leaving the house. But I was really kind of joking. So my favorite part of being a mom is seeing them learn to be independent. Just because they're learning how to do things on their own and not having to do everything for them. But just seeing them and they feel better about themselves when they can do, they've learned to do things on their own. Yeah, good answer. All right, here's question number two for you. You know, as a mom, um, uh, life is about really, you know, there's a special love that moms give. You know, there's loving, there's you guys love, you give, there's sacrifice, there's enduring, all those sorts of characteristics when it comes to being a mom. And my question to you is this, how has that impacted your relationship of understanding God's love for you? as a mother. Whoever wants to go first, there's five of you. <laughs> oh, okay. <laughs> okay. Um, for me personally, I think that um, <laughs> I've come from such a place of brokenness in the last few years. I went through a really tough divorce and I was a very broken lonely mother um, and it was at my lowest point and I just laid it out to God and I said have mercy on me because I have failed as a mom I have failed as a wife and it was like the next day there was this sign in my life that you know, truly there was a rainbow in the sky and it was a sign from God for me that in all of my brokenness, I could go to him, lay out all of my problems and rebuild. And there was an opportunity for me to become a stronger mom, a better human being, um, and that the world doesn't define who we are. It is in God's hands. Come on. And... I have found so much strength. I found love again. I found a renewed relationship with my family, my parents. And it's been one of the most defining things in my life. 
um, you know, not just being a mom, but really just defining what that relationship is because of having God in my life now. That's awesome. And we're still a talkback turkey, even though we're interviewing. It's okay. <laughs> you can clap, those sorts of things. This ain't no funeral service. I'll go, I'll go next. Go ahead. Um, I actually joined the family with Mike and my two stepchildren, and I was always told, just wait until you have your own kids and you'll understand what that mom love is. But I learned that um, even though they're not mine, I still love them just the same as them. They're my own. And, um, Believe me, they're used to crying. I cry every week. Don't worry about it. I tried so hard this morning. That Kleenex stock is going up, up in here. So, yeah, I've learned that no matter what, even if I, you know, can't call my son and daughter, they're still mine. And I will still take care of them no matter what. And with that, my relationship with God has actually gotten stronger. After I had my daughter, I was baptized. Um, after hearing um, Sean Walker's story and the truth encounter, Mm. I actually stopped drinking. Hallelujah. So. So I've had a lot of lessons, and I have a lot more to, to learn as well, but I want to be that good example for all of my kids. So. Amen. Anybody else want to answer that question, Lisa? I do. You need um, to stand up, Lisa, so everybody can see you back there. You Go ahead. Um, and in my life, I think it's a little different. I um, was a single parent often just because Ken traveled so much, and I got pretty frustrated as a parent. And in, in the flip side, when your kids frustrate you, you become frustrated. And um, what I discovered is God didn't become frustrated with me. He loved me right in the midst and in the middle of it. And just like we love our kids in the middle of it, we might not like them very much at that moment mm -hmm. that we're dealing with it, and that's just being honest. <laughs> But in, but in the end, at the end of the day, you know, that forgiveness is there and don't go to bed angry. Some of those, you know, things that seem so simple are so very hard to do. And so for my children and me, I learned that God loves me in the middle of my mess and doesn't wait for me to come to the end of who I'm going to become. Come on, that's awesome. Come on, some good advice right there. All right, here, here's question number three for you this morning is being a mom is obviously hard work. And you are all at different stages in motherhood. Um, what are some of the challenges you're facing in the stage that you're in? And here's why I ask this question is because a, a lot of moms feel alone in their stage. Whatever stage they're parenting these children in. And you might feel alone today, but know that you're not, first off. And secondly, kind of maybe some of the challenges that you've uh, faced but then also, what is the lesson you're learning in the challenge? All right. Nadia, go ahead. Yeah, definitely. Um, <clears throat> the Lord allowed us to adopt five years ago, which is the biggest honor. Um, and so recognizing that he's given that honor and privilege to me and to my husband um, has been a really big deal. And so now we have a teenager and a preteen. And... Everything has been full speed ahead, and um, knowing that every day I am honored and given the opportunity to lead them, lead them to truth, lead them to love, and that um, it's not easy, <laughs> mm -hmm. 
it's not fun, but God didn't call me to fun. And I'm grateful mm. because he's faithful. He called me to be an example. Mm. At 19 years old, he called me to be an example. He spoke to me in California in Master's Commission and said, I've called you to have leadership and influence. And I'm honored to be my son's mother. And in this point in my life, everything I do, I have to check with my father because I want to lead them to truth. I want to lead them to right. I want to lead them to be who he's called them to be. Awesome. Come on, give her a big hand clap. Any challenges you're facing with a four-month-old? Um, no. I, I know James. James has got bags under his eyes. Well, I put makeup to cover mine, so. That's right. yeah. I wasn't going to say that because we're on TV. I was going to reference your husband. Go ahead. Um, oh, boy. Yes. Many challenges. Um, so... I've been a pediatric nurse for a while, so I kind of came into the mindset of, I do this every day. Life's different with your own child. Um, life's different with, you know, a healthy child. <laughs> and um, so I guess my biggest challenge lately has been just letting go of the expectations because the mm. pregnancy wasn't what I expected, the delivery wasn't what I expected, um, four months into it, you know, just challenges come up every day. Um, so it's learning to let go of control, Amen. which is uh, not something I like to do. My inner control freak, you know, <laughs> <laughs> kind of freaks out about that. So, yeah. That's awesome. All right. Anybody else? Any challenges in the stage you're in and anything you've learned from it? Okay. Why are you panicking? <laughs> no, I don't want you to answer that. Just hang tight, sister. I got one for you later. <laughs> Question, that is. Um, so, it, we live in a... Hold uh, on, somebody. Wave to the Facebook world out there. Welcome to Real Life Church. All right, so... Um, you know, we live in a social media driven culture, whether it's Instagram, Twitter, Facebook, um, you know, some of you might've grown up on MySpace, but, um, <laughs> <laughs> but we live, but we live, oh, oh, it's okay, honey, let it go. Um, and so, uh, we live in a social media driven culture. And a lot of times when we look at the social media realm, we have a tendency to compare ourselves. And really what you, everybody has to know is everybody's social media realm is simply their highlight reel. Mm -hmm. And so moms, if you're taking, or dads, if you're taking cues from social media on how well you're doing, that's probably not the best place. Um, so the question for you guys is a couple. How do you handle comparison, first off? And, and do you have feelings of not measuring up? If so, how do you deal with it? So first one's kind of, it's kind of a twofold. How do you handle comparison if you deal with comparison? It may not be social media. It could just be that, that lady walking her children nice down the aisle at Kroger's and yours is ripping the cheese that's off the side of the thing. You know what I'm saying? All right. So, so uh, how do you handle comparison or feelings of not measuring up? If so, how do you deal with it? 
So um, I was thinking about this one, and a thought came into my mind, and then I researched it a little bit, and actually somebody famous said it long before I thought of it. Um, comparison is the thief of joy. Mm. And it was said by Theodore Roosevelt. And I believe that's 100% true. Whether it's your, as a mom, comparing yourself to another mom, whether, I mean, we all, com we all compare ourselves, so let's just be perfectly honest. It it's happens daily, whether it's something in your job or something with your kids or something with yourself and another mother or whatever. We all, we all compare. It's not a bad thing, but it's when you let it steal your joy. It's good. When you, um, when you have those moments of seeing your child achieve something, and whether it's on time or delayed, and it's met with, well, so-and-so did it this, you know, this many months. That joy, that moment that you had, is instantly stolen. That's good Because advice. you've allowed yourself to believe that it's less important. And so, you know, whether it's social media or family or friends or, or someone in the grocery store that you don't even know, um, you know, I know I've spent a lot of time comparing myself. How do I, how do I compare to this mom or that mom or this mother-in-law or this aunt or whomever? And it led me down a path of a sadness mm -hmm. and uh, allowing the joy of watching some of those moments with my kids um, basically be ripped out of my heart. And I finally got to a point where I said no more. Mm -hmm. You know, I still look at social media. I love to see what things, mm -hmm. you know, are going on. Mm -hmm. But I've said no more. My mm -hmm. kids are unique. And... I am their mother, and I will not let other people steal my joy with my girls. Girl, I need a white hanky. Come on, somebody. Yes. Anybody else handling comparison or measuring up? Lisa? I think we all compare every day, and um, I think finally came to the point that people who had been through already what I'd been through with my kids um, you tend to compare, and comparison isn't always a bad thing if you're on the path to truth and how to handle issues with your children. And as a mother, I need help. I'm not an island. It really does take a village. And so um, in that part, going to an individual that I trust that has actually been through some of the things that I've been through is what I banked on and is what got me through. Oh, praise the Lord. That's great. Come on, somebody. We all need friends, right? And I think that's a great lead-in for the next question um, because our friends can bring us, can give good advice. So what is some of the best advice that you've received as a mom? Okay, <laughs> I'm ready. <laughs> so as uh, before we were able to adopt, <clears throat> I went to counseling because I knew I needed some help because I couldn't figure it out. She said two things she told me, <laughs> once before and once during. And the first thing she said was sit down and do nothing. And I was like, I can't, I can't do that. But now, in the midst of it, I recognize that that's really, really important. Because as people, as Americans, we're busy. And we just feel proud about being busy. But that's not really great. That's not really God-honoring to be busy. I'm, con I'm convicted all the time, like, just sit down. So I hope that is something that you guys have heard. And if not, I encourage you just to sit down. <laughs> don't do anything. Don't think. Don't, maybe even don't talk. Um, and the second one was to ignore. And that sounds really mean. But I don't, I'm an emotional being. And I have males all up in my space all the time. 
and it's really different. And I want to read them, and then I want to react, because you don't make sense. But she said, Nadia, there are going to be all kinds of things that happen around you, and you just need to ignore. If this person doesn't like what you said, oh well. Ignore that, because my children are working through their own things, and I have to step back and allow the Lord to let them change and grow and process instead of reacting. So ignoring, even hopefully it doesn't sound too rude, but that's, that's what gives me success, is to ignore, even though I don't ignore them all the time. <laughs> Charity? I actually heard my advice off Caleb. Um, I was driving to work one day, and I was like really frustrated because it was a night that um, Lenora really normally sleeps through the night. Calvin's doing great in his crib. Um, but it was just one of those evenings that they were either up every other hour or I was in both of them holding them both rocking. I was so frustrated. And um, the announcer said, you know, instead of saying I have to, like I have to go in and change his diaper, I have to go make a bottle, it was I get to. I get to go and make my child a bottle. I get to hold my children because there's going to come a day whenever they don't need you. Um, and I want to enjoy those moments. So just the word change um, and your attitude changes. Now it's a, an honor and a pleasure instead of a, oh, gosh, I have to go do that again. Amen. Well, anybody else given any advice prior to motherhood? Not prior to motherhood, but I think something that I've learned. Or as a mom. You don't always have to say yes. Like, I'm not a yes mom. I do say yes. But I think they have to be deserving of it with behavior and attitude. And um, I'm not going to just say yes to pacify. That's great advice. You know, yeah. they're not in control. Yeah. They want to be, but, you know, they don't always get the yes from me. So, <laughs> so um, Jennifer, what are some of the best advice you received as a mom? I think there's two things. Um, the first one was your children will grow wherever they're planted. So it doesn't matter if things are not, I don't say they, you know, nobody chooses to go through divorce. Nobody chooses, you know, certain things that happen. But it doesn't matter because your children are resilient and they're going to grow wherever they're planted. And the second piece of advice was given to me by my husband. Yes, it's good advice. <laughs> and he said, Jennifer, you have to choose what hill you're willing to die on. And I say that in the context of, um, I don't know, it was like three or four months, Brayden would walk around the house, and I'm not kidding, it was like every five minutes, he would say, are you turtly enough for the turtle club? And I thought I was going to lose my ever-loving mind. Are you turtly enough for the are turtle club? Are you turtly enough for the turtle club? And then I'd walk in the other room and he'd go, Mom, are you turtly enough for the turtle club? And he kept saying it over and over. And I was like, Brayden, please stop. Don't say that again. He kept saying it. And I'd say, please stop. And then finally Jason called me in the other room. He said, Jennifer, is this going to change his life by you constantly telling him to stop. I mean, really, is that a hill you're willing to die on? At that point, I might have been. But in the grand scope of things, no. I would love if he would tell me again, Mom, are you turtly enough for the turtle club? So, <laughs> so choose the hill you're willing to die on. That's it. Good advice, girl. That a girl. 
That's Dr. Phil advice right there, you know what I'm saying? I know, Steve Harvey. All right, um, all right here's another question for you. Um, this might be for those of you that have older children. Um, when you look back, what is one thing you wish you would have done differently? Well, since I'm the one that has the older children. Yeah, 30s. <laughs> um, honestly, I was a giver mom and laid my life down daily, and I never took any time for myself. Mm. And um, it's still a process I'm actually learning and how to say no to things and to keep boundaries and that it's okay to take care of me because if I don't, if I give everything I have and I don't take time to fill up, I can't give what I don't have anymore. Praise the Lord. All right, we're going we're gonna to switch roles here just for a little bit. And here's, here's a question for you. Um, what role does prayer play in your life as a mother, as a mom? Prayer. Now I lay me down to sleep. <laughs> Charity? I've actually increased my prayer, and I find that I don't you know, kneel down by the bed to pray. It's usually on my drive to work, on my drive home from work. And um, if I'm just sitting there watching TV, just thinking, man, I pray for the spouses, for my stepkids and my kids. I pray um, for their families. I pray for myself and that I can have um, the right words. I pray that I don't get in the way of what God's plan is for the, my children. Um, and just that I don't squash their dreams, but that I can lift them up. And um, I need probably to do more of it, but I find like I've done a lot more since I've actually built my relationship with God. So prayer is definitely an everyday, all day, wherever I am kind of thing now. Awesome. Anything specific you guys pray for your children? So I feel like in our society that men are really torn down. And a long time ago, a three-year-old said, you're going to have boys. And I thought it was really crazy. <clears throat> so my prayer now, as I see that God has given me boys, even as a teacher, fifth and sixth grade boys, they're all up in my space. Hugs. And I feel that it is a privilege. It is a privilege. And so my prayer is that um, they would find the love of Christ and his arms in the time that I get with them and that they would yearn for truth. They would yearn to be truth bearers. I pray for my sons that they would want to do what's right and to stand when everything else around them is telling them that they're wrong. And I see it in the schools. I see it in sports. And so I know that I am plowing the way for my sons to live a life of truth and not to find bondage. And when they are distracted, that they go to the source, that they go to what's right, no matter where they are. This is what's right. The word, I don't have it, but the word, that's what's right. And so I find to, to pray that they would yearn for that, that they would hear it, that it would be repeated in their minds. Um, the things that they hear us say, the things I write on the bathroom mirror, that that would be um, who they become. Because I know uh, the Lord needs us to till that soil. We need to put the word in the soil of their hearts, and that's the only thing we have. That's the only thing I know to give them is the truth, what is right. And I give my husband props because he always adds unto that. He always leads in that way, and that helps me pray and believe for them. Praise God. Come on. That's good. What outlets do you have to handle stress as a mom? Chocolate. I was going to say that. 
<laughs> Sorry for taking your answer. Put the microphone up to your mouth and say what you were going to say. Chocolate. <laughs> Um, I used to not have a lot of outlets. Um, I used to feel like I'd have to come home from work and be the mom and then put them to bed and then be the house cleaner and the lunch maker and, you know, all those chores and things up there that, you know, it is, it is a blessing to be able to do a lot of those things, but sometimes you have to be able to put yourself um, in a space where you're, you're getting some self-help, whether it's mental or physical. And so I found that um, working out, running, um, just it, it allows me to open my mind and whether it's for prayer or just to dump all of the day's worries and woes and whatever. Um, and then finding a close group of friends. Um, I've, I've met some wonderful women here and I have some really close girlfriends um, that have given me uh, like new life, just belief and strength and you know, so friends and, and working out for me. Awesome. Go ahead. Well, I can say that alcohol was my stress reliever, and I'm not kidding. I think it was, what, last weekend, Micaiah? I legit looked at him, and I was like, okay, so now I remember why I like to drink my wine. I really need my stress reliever, but I need to find something new, so I need your help. Um, and he's a runner, so I need to get a jogging stroller <laughs> for my little one so that we can go down to the park and run because it is really difficult. I mean, Whenever you're just getting the habit of coming home and that's the first thing that you grab, you're celebrating with a glass of wine, you're upset with a glass of wine, you're stressed out with a glass of wine, and then you don't have that anymore. I literally looked at Micaiah and just said, I need something else to do. I don't know how to get rid of this stress. I'm really stressing out. And so he's really good about it. It's okay, Charity, you got this, you know? So I agree. The workout, the running, that probably needs to be a part of my thing, but it hasn't happened yet. So, yeah. What an awesome testimony. Come on, somebody. That's powerful right there. How do you handle stress? Is that what, was that, uh, yeah. How do you handle stress, Kayla, as a mom? Um, oh, you already said. You could say something else if you want. Um, I'm still trying to find that. Sure. sure. So, yeah. I mean, used to when I had a little more time. I, um, any type of like painting, art, anything like that, um, haven't had too much time with that yet, but. And, and that's the thing, you'll find your rhythm, you know, you'll find your rhythm on the stress, stress level. I'm sure everybody in here, we walk through stress at some point in our life and, and the outlets are extremely important, um, for you personally as, as a health quotient for you, mm -hmm. um, you know, naturally as well as spiritually to help you stay um, in tune. All right, we're going to, I'm going to close out this morning with one final question. So I skipped one. I'm going to go to the last one, okay? And here's the last question, and we're going to pray today. At the end of this question, we're going to, I'm going to ask a couple of these moms to lead out in prayer and pray for, for everybody in the room. You know, if you're a mom, lady, uh, dude, something in here, uh, you know, encouraged you. Um, whether it's stress or comparison or whatever it may be, something in here encouraged you today. If you feel alone, you know you're not. That there are people that are going through and walking through uh, stuff that you're walking through. And at the end of the day, when we align our lives to Jesus, we put him in a place to now give us the opportunity to see real life change. And so this last question, um, if you can, I'd love for you all to answer this. And here it is. Ten years from now, what kind of relationship do you hope to have with your kids 
or what do you hope they say? I was really glad to have these questions before today. <laughs> You're welcome. I've been thinking a lot about it. Um, Liz Robinson put on her Facebook page, they had taken a family picture, um, and the caption at the bottom said, blended, not broken. <laughs> Come on, man. I hope that when Micaiah in 10 years, he'll be 20, 23, and Micaiah will be 19. And I just hope that they can look back and see my heart and see that we are blended, we are not broken. So. For me, at the ages of my kids, they're starting to go through motherhood and soon fatherhood or in all of that. And I think for me, um, in 10 years, it's for them to have examples and to have a good, healthy start of what not feeling alone in motherhood, that they can come to me. I've always been of the proponent that I am their mother, not their friend. And so when they go through those things, hopefully they can come to me and to others and those around them and that they are now the parents that they envision and have some expectations for in a godly way. Awesome. Caitlin? Um. <laughs> he'll be nine, so he'll be saying a lot. <laughs> well, hopefully he'll be sleeping through the night. So. <laughs> <laughs> uh, don't count on it. Go ahead. Um. Um. Ooh, I don't know. Um. We'll give you a chance to think about okay. it. Go ahead, Erin. Oh, gosh. Um, as I was thinking about this one, I, I was thinking, gosh, I hope they just say that I'm a good mom. Mm. And I say that because I was once told, you're not even a mom. Mm. Um, and, you know, in part of my brokenness, I had to get through all of those words. And so I, I think to myself sometimes, gosh, I hope that they'll just say I'm a good mom, but then I, like, I'm their mother. I mean, why would they not say that? So... Um, you know, I think in 10 years, I hope that, um, you know, the relationship that we have is, is stronger. And I hope that, um, if anything that they learn, um, that they learn the strength as a woman that we carry many things, many bags on our shoulders, but that doesn't define us, you know, no, no single, um, burden or anything that we carry defines us and that they have a wonderful relationship with God based on what I've been able to teach them. Awesome. Nadia? Uh, they'll be 23 and 20, so that's really old, and I remember being 23 and 20. And I hope that they can do what I did. They're boys. I'm a girl, so I know their relationship with me is going to be different than mine with my mom's. But I hope that they can, my yearning is that they can share what God's doing, what they're going through, um, and find that I will be a source of encouragement and I will be their cheerleader. I'm going to support them and encourage them. And that, that when they want the truth, because I give lots of words and dad doesn't, that they will come to me with difficult questions and I can give, I, I, I can have the chance to say, well, you know, either this path is where you're going or this path will lead to promise and hope and it may not be easy so that they would come to me with 
um, some exciting things, but also, you know, what about this, Mom? What do I, what do, I do? Awesome. Caitlin, anything? Um. I guess um, kind of going off of Aaron's um, answer, but that I'm a good mom to him mm. and that he feels that um, it's been something I've struggled with. Um, just fearing that I won't be, or I won't be enough, or I'll do something wrong. Um, so, just that, to be what he needs. That's awesome, that's awesome. Come on. So I'm gonna ask Jennifer that final question. 10 years from, can't do it? We just celebrated Brayden's 19th birthday yesterday. Madison's 20, so Brayden would be 29, she would be 30, and then Braxton's seven, he'd be 17. Sweet Jesus. <laughs> Sweet Jesus. <laughs> Hallelujah. So uh, in 10 years, what do you hope they say? Or relationship? I hope they say, Mom, we just bought you a plane ticket. We're going to Peru. <laughs> Yes, that's awesome. Okay. <laughs> that means and my dad's going to stand with Braxton. Because <laughs> <laughs> he's only 17. I can't say what I want to say. We're online. Hey, happening. Well, the good thing is they're buying us plane tickets and they made some money. So that's good. But you, not me. Me stay here? Yeah. Happy Mother's Day. Um, so, what we're going to do this morning is, all jokes aside, um, we know maybe in here, maybe you're struggling at some point through this conversation. Um, maybe you're a new mom. Maybe, you know, maybe you're a blended family. Maybe you're a single mom. Maybe you're a single dad. Maybe in this room, um, you know, you're adopting children. We had Braxton, our seven, our seven-year-old, we adopted him at birth, and, and uh, that's a whole nother road. That's a whole nother realm. And uh, hats off to those that adopt because um, uh, it, it's, a, it's a god it's a father heart of God decision to adopt children. Or maybe you're, you have uh, children that are in uh, foster care and you're, you're, you're mothering and fathering them. Or maybe you don't have kids today and you, know, you desire children. Um, you know, or maybe today you can't have children. Let me, let, me, let me say this to you is, that doesn't mean you can't mother or father somebody. Okay? And... Um, you know, I believe this morning was part of what God wanted to do through their stories and their testimonies was healing. And today, so if you're in this place, whether you're a, a, a dad, a mom, whoever you are today, that there can be healing for your heart. If you feel alone, if you feel the stress level or comparison, we're just going to pray this morning. And we're just going to ask the Lord just to, just to reveal himself afresh to you. That no matter where you find yourself in this stage of life, that he would reveal himself to you and you would get your validation from him. Not from the world or society or the person down the road, but your validation would come from Jesus. 
And so I'm going to ask Lisa if you would pray over everyone this morning and just pray a blessing, you know, over the moms, over the ladies um, as we close today. And if, if you, any of you in this room, that that's where you're at, you know, that place, just let's all just agree together. And I believe just by through this prayer, something can radically shift and change in your life to where God will do it. God will do a new thing in your heart today. Amen, everybody. Go ahead, Lisa. Let's pray together. So, Father, I thank you for the honoring of Mother's Day. For every one of us has a mother. Jesus, you had a mother, and you put, him, you put her into John's care. And so I thank you that the revelation of a mother's heart for each one, that the women would feel it in their own because they need to still be nurtured and loved. Father, for those who are struggling in the midst of it, that they would look up to you and that they would know that you are a mother and a father in the middle of their mess. But even more, Lord, I thank you that each mother's life is a prayer. Lord, it is the sickness at night when they, they breathe, Lord, touch my child. Lord, it's when they're struggling with the teenager and the fighting begins that um, they're whispering in their heart, take care of this situation for the safety when they go out on their own, for all of the stages, for those who have lost children, and Father, for those who long to have them. I thank you, Lord, that you would touch each one, that it's your grace and your abundance, that you've known each one of these women before they were born, that you've ordained their time and their place here today. I ask for your touch of healing. I ask for the warmth of your love to saturate that you would insulate, that you would protect, and Lord, that you would fulfill desires of hearts in Jesus' name. Amen. Come on, give the Lord a big hand clap today, everybody. Thanks again for listening to our podcast. Be sure to connect with us on social media, the RLC app, and online at livereallife.com. 